Hello, hello. Welcome to the King Heroes Journey Podcast. My name is Beth Martins and I have Rose 777 on today. We're going to be talking about my favorite obsession, which is archetypes and the um, how they're showing up in control dot. Both, both are, are big obsessions. I never even thought to think about control dot. And these last uh, nearly four years have made it pretty uh, in my face. Hello, Earthship Bear. Nice to see you. We were just uh, trying to decide, were you flat Earthship Bear before, or is this another Earthship Bear? There might be more than one of them, but welcome. I'm glad you're here. we got some people on Rockfin, and uh, let's see if I can go live on Rockfin. Yes, I can. Hello, Michelle. Nice to see you. This is the first stream of 2024. I'm grabbing a Rockfin link for anybody who would like it. We are live to YouTube probably for about, what, 10 minutes or something. We're going to last here because Rose is uh, highly censored and I don't want to make you feel bad, Rose, but every time I have you on, I get a strike on YouTube. <laughs> so yeah, poor thing. <laughs> She's grimacing. And uh, you can just give me a thumbs up when you feel ready. And you're ready. Excellent. Hello, Rose. Welcome. So glad to have you here. And you might be muted. Yeah, you're muted. Good afternoon. Good to see you. Thank you right for having me. You're very welcome. First stream of 2024. I know. So exciting. The first stream of 2024. According <laughs> to a whole new wave of people, we're a certain amount of time till the end, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, something like that. I posted this morning. It wasn't very popular that... Uh, 2024, I'm going to wake up without a, a question mark on my head. Like, <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> what does that even mean to have a question mark on your head? Oh, I don't know. People are fighting about the calendar and, you know, when the actual new year is and how many months there actually are. And, uh, you know, they're just making, saying this and saying that. And uh, nobody agrees with anybody and everyone's fighting. So, well, this is how I look at it. The sun is making a figure eight in the sky called an analema. So who's to say when the beginning is or the end? Do you want to stick it at the cross in the middle? Or are you the type of person that likes to start to the left? So you start at the most left spot or the part that's highest in the sky? So you could fight about that all day. Nice. You just helped me with a question mark. <laughs> right? Isn't that isn't that the answer? And and there are uh, Robert Phoenix was saying this is a good time for new beginnings and setting intentions. Actually, uh, shout out to Kyle Denton. He also did a good Instagram video today talking about how you know everyone's sort of uh, oh because it's a fake New Year. This isn't the time to set new intentions and goals and all of that kind of thing. He said no, it's the perfect time to be getting ready. And this is kind of my own conclusion too to be getting ready for Aries in the spring when it's, it's go time and life just takes off. So now's the time put, putting all your ducks in a row and visioning and seeing what do you actually want, what's in alignment with you. So in a way, it all still works the way we were told. Yeah. Or people can just wake up every single morning and look at their individual situation and see how they feel and just go with that on an individual day-by-day -day basis without stressing too much about it's the time of year for this or the time of year for that because it could always just be boiled down to social engineering as well. I mean, if you're someone who's completely separated from humanity in 
the middle of nowhere and you live your whole life without ever acknowledging a calendar, have you sinned? Have you missed out on life? Or did you enjoy every single day that you triumphed over the struggle to survive? Well, a lot of times the calendar does help us with the struggle to survive back then, but yeah, yeah, it's that's the thing. Like, rather than consulting outward, at least first consult inward, is what yeah. I'm hearing you saying, right? Yeah. Like, or or a calendar could be a plant that you choose in your backyard, and you're observing it over the course of four seasons, and you never think about which day it is. You think, oh, that's the day that the first petal emerged, or that's the day that the first petal fell, or that's the day that I was able to harvest. And then that's your real calendar. Nice. I love that. <laughs> that's perfect. So by the way, if anybody doesn't know who Rose Crow Triple, uh, pardon me, Rose Triple Seven is, I want to introduce you to her. I have a feeling people know you around here, but there might be some that, that don't. Uh, it's interesting when I, when I talk to you guys and compare our contacts, I'm surprised sometimes when there isn't overlap because you kind of think everybody knows everybody and it's not necessarily the case. So if you're not familiar with Crow Triple Seven Radio, oh, I got a little typo in the um, in the in the uh, banner there. I'm gonna change that. You can visit Crow Triple Seven dot uh, pardon me, no dot just radio.com. I know this really well <laughs> by heart. So we'll just make a quick change there. And they've been covering, you know, uh, what did Jason say last night? Since 2014, you guys have been doing podcasts and uh, exposing the truth, exposing the lies and filling in the truth and offering people suggestions and, and solutions. Okay, so the podcast, actually the first episode of Crow 777 Radio came out on March 11th of 2016, which is exactly four years before what we mark as the beginning of the fake nonsense that uh, we've been seeing for the past couple of years. But before the podcast began, Crow had a YouTube channel where he posted all of his telescope work. And so the podcast came about because he was posting all of these interesting things that he captured with his telescope. And then also talking about all of the deception, fraud and fakery that is not good to talk about on YouTube. And so people wanted to hear what he had to say. So he, it's kind of like the telescope work was what set him apart from a lot of other people at the time, not very many people were calling out um, all of the world deception. And so, yeah, they've been doing it ever since. And I started helping them in about 2017. Okay, there you go. There you go. Uh, I just want to say out loud that we're going to be only here for a short time on YouTube, right? And uh, and you'll emotionally support me to shut it off. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we should move over to um, Rockfin where we could actually talk. Right. And, and it'd be completely free. And I think with this subject, it's probably not a bad idea. So we are live on Rockfin. We're going to stay on X that is supposedly uncensored. And I'm over on Facebook where they don't notice me at all. Like literally, I don't know what that is. I want to take a moment and say hi to some people in the chat that have been showing up while we're, while we're chatting here. We got uh, Susie Gemini. Nice to see you. TJ Trusty. Welcome. Are you over? No, you're on uh, here on, on, um, or there on YouTube and uh, RMASB. Nice to see you. Salutations. Blessings for the new year. 
And we got Jonathan Compella and Billing Tunnel Bear. I know I saw you. Nachiketa is back again. Awesome. <laughs> Saying hi to Rose. It's uh, all right. I think TJ. T. Jordan, pardon me. And yeah, no, I was wrong. It wasn't 2014. It was 2016 and still been a long time. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Hello, NDB. Great. Lots of people were free today. I'm, I'm so, uh, so happy to see all of you. You made a move into fake book camp chat on Rockfin. Oh yeah, that just may be because of your phone or something like that. Hello, Kurt Brisk. Nice to see you over on Rockfin. Greetings from off-grid, beautiful BC, China. The best apocalypse ever. Yeah, we're talking about getting out of China to, yes, uh, today, big time. So you might be in my in our plans for that, Rose. <laughs> yeah, and we got somebody on X. Yes, that's awesome. Very oh, good. Welcome. How do you get on X? You is it just pretty self-explanatory? You have to pay X to go on it. Um, might have to. Yeah, I did. I did sign up for the premium thing, and then it just comes through Streamyard here. Since Rose and I are both techies, we're always interested in how we did that. It's similar to Rockfin, where you you don't get an actual you know URL of the stream. It's just gonna go live there because it's it's integrated. So you have to press go live on X as well, just like you have to press go live on Rockfin? Actually, no. Oh, okay. No, it does it by itself. Yeah, it does it by itself. Oh, I can't, I can't, I, I can't, uh, bring myself to do Twitter. I never have done Twitter. And so it would take a lot for me to, uh create a an account i am posting like crow stuff there but i don't think anyone anyone's seeing it right well i have to come in uh, I, I i don't know if i tagged you i think i might have tagged you on this stream in particular but uh, i just also always forget to let people know that i'm uploaded to all of the the podcasts after the fact it usually can take up to a week but my assistant is pretty good these days at getting them up and uh, so you can go to spotify and itunes and anchor fm and all of those Kind of channels if you'd rather listen after the fact. I can't go live on those ones, so. Right, right. Do you do yeah. Rumble and Odyssey and BitChute and Good Brighton? point. Yeah, good point with Odyssey. If I stream to YouTube, then whatever I stream to YouTube goes to Odyssey, so the whole of this one won't be on there. But uh, but that's a good backup system. And Rumble, I've tried to upload several times. I don't have the subs to live stream on it, so. I'm not there. I didn't, I don't want to, I up, tried to upload, I don't know, five times in a row and just didn't work. So forget it. I want it. <laughs> I don't know how people do it. So no magic. Too many darn platforms to keep track of. Yeah. It's a kind of decentralized approach, right? You don't end up with a, a big mass of people, any one place, but it, uh, everybody can find you one way or the other. And it's harder to be censored when you're on multiple platforms. And hello, right. John Stein over on, on uh, Rockfin. All right. So without further ado, I want to introduce you guys to my work in progress that the first person I want to talk to about it was Rose, because she's she you think like I do. We have <laughs> we have the same kind of mind. Love it. Yeah, yeah. And so I've spent the last three and a half years calling people out because for the only reason that if possible, if people can uh, not be taken sideways by the vast variety of fear propaganda that is out there that is literally weaponized against us, that's been created for us in particular, then I think that that's a really good target. 
So I'm a pattern hunter. I love archetypes because it helps to simplify things and be able to see what are those recognizable patterns that would show you that things aren't quite in your favor in that zone. And, uh, and so the number of times I've said on, say, one of my telegram groups or wherever, especially when they're posting in my world, I don't go out looking for them. That would take me all day, every day. But when they post on my world and they, you know, it's some uh, David Martin thing or whatever, we, we're probably going to drop some names, but more so after we stop the uh, the YouTube, then, then, um, you know, I'll just say control dot exclamation mark, exclamation mark. And then it's, uh, it's kind of on me to prove it. It's, I, I will, I will say right now, it's mostly by intuition when I've either interviewed them because so I, you know, I have interviewed some of these characters. I don't know if I should be taking that stuff down or what. It's, it, you know, it's been my research project, or um, just, you know, running into them, and especially when they are heavily promoted to me, seeing me say, you know, a lot of stuff in the law world had gone on and different arenas, and 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 you know, in one day I'll get three messages from three different people like, you need to go and and. Uh, get with, you know, Jason Brasher, maybe we shouldn't drop names yet. Okay. I'm going to stop that. And, uh, you know, and then, and then, you know, okay, well, this is coming from multiple sources. That means it's been pushed into the media, right? It's, it's, it's got numbers, all kinds of signs and symptoms. And then, so I, I just realized making this a really long story here, but I realized that you can't just use the one phrase controlled op to capture everybody. And my brain went to work on it, discerning what are the archetypes, the individual archetypes that could express the whole of this, this uh, concept. And so far, I've come up with six. One of the reasons I've got Rose on today is to see if there are, in fact, more. If there's people that we can think of that are outside of the, the uh, categories that I've got here. It's not, it's not to pigeonhole people. It's to teach you guys pattern recognition, just in case you... Um, don't have that skill yet. I think we all have it. It's not, it's not like a superpower. I just happen to be really interested in that one. Uh, children have it. That's all. That's what they do all day long is recognize patterns. And um, yeah, so I think we should do this more often. The, the, the reason being, I'll cut right to the chase. The reason to do this is so you don't get tricked into feeling like somebody else is the hero in your life. Right, 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 for sure. And it's interesting because you kind of have used your show to audition people in a way. So if if someone's on your show, it's not it's like, oh, this is the vetting. The vetting is the show. So sometimes you've done shows with people and then after the fact, it's like, oh, uh, Rose, I think this person's like an agent. It's like, oh my. Um so yeah, that and, and sometimes it's it's kind of easier to see people when you kind of have them on a show giving their like quote unquote official answer. Like, what is your official answer on this or that? Exactly. But anyway, I'm like actually afraid to even talk as you're still on YouTube. Yeah, so we'll we'll get off here right now. I'll I'm gonna share the Rockfin link one more time if that's your preference. Um, can if anybody's there on X. Can you do me a favor and uh, post the URL here in the chat? Because that'll be harder for me to find. Let me see. Actually, maybe X will let me do it now that we're live. Yeah, view on Twitter. I can do it. I can do it. Okay, I got it. You can't post it before, but you can post it after. So that's another place you can go. And uh, what does Facebook say? 
they only let me post an event on Fakebook, but again, after the fact, here is the, the stream link. So that's good. And uh, hey, Stephanie Martin and Aisling717, nice to see you. Oh, you happy New Year to you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, very nice. Very nice. I'm glad you're here. Okay, so everyone jump. Thank you, Ken. I appreciate that. That's uh, the same link to X over there. Much appreciated. All right, so we're jumping. Are y'all coming with us? Yeah, yeah. come with us to Rockfin or yeah. X or Facebook. Right, right Anywhere on. but here. That's it. And then it should be as simple as just uh, remove. Hit, hit the yeah, YouTube remove. and remove. You don't have to delete it. You could just hit remove and then save. Okay, okay. We're doing it. For real this time. Right. I'm not just saying yeah. I'm doing it. I'm going to do it. Bye, yeah. YouTube. Bye, YouTube. And I'm not going to delete it on YouTube, right? So people can still... No, they can watch the beginning and then they'll know where to find us. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. All right. There you go. Okay. We're, we're done. We're done. <laughs> All right. All right. Now we're free. Now we're now free. free. We can say whatever we want. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we now we can get mad and cry and all those things that set the box <laughs> off to you. <laughs> yeah. Just get all uh, vitriolic. It's interesting that you said you have six archetypes because I could only think of like two kinds of controlled opposition that um, comes to mind. So it's, it'll be interesting to see like where everything uh, falls into place. But I would say that there is like the controlled op where someone is literally an employee of a government agency and they're being paid to act a certain way in order to give bad information or to just like cause division and um, the division in itself serves a purpose because then people are distracted with the division and not paying attention to the act, what the actual bad guys are doing. So um, there's also people that are not paid by the government and basically, they don't need to be. The government doesn't need to hire employees to serve this purpose because there are so many different kinds of unique people in the world that there's always going to be someone who's fitting that cookie cutter um, attitude or behavior or point of view or opinion. And so then all you have to do in this day and age is use the algorithms to promote that person so they seem way more popular, way more important, and way more reasonable and socially acceptable than anyone else. And then other people through herd mentality and group think just fall into place. It's the perfect planet. It's completely free. So those are the two things that I think of. The agent who's paid and basically like the useful village idiot that mm -hmm. it becomes a puppet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you definitely nailed two of them, and and there are four more. Can I can I run them all by you, and then uh, please do you can, you can tell me what uh, what you think of the useful idiots serve their purpose? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the first one I'm calling Candyman, and and this these are sort of named in the interim right now. They might not be the final names. I do plan to do a workshop, uh, maybe at an Arcapulco, by the way, coming up in February, and. Uh, talking about these particular things. So Candyman is me recognizing that fear and anger are popular like drugs are popular. People get addicted to them. They eat that stuff. Even when they feel bad every single time they eat the fear and they eat the anger, then somehow 
it does make for very big channels. It makes for popular podcasters and, you know, they might know what they're doing and they might not know what they're doing. They might literally themselves be addicted to the views and the fear, because if you're putting out fear, that's, you're obviously scaring yourself. Or if you're, you know, railing at your people all the time, then you got to be angry to, to do that. And uh, it causes addiction to worry. So people will be more fixed on what they're worried about, what they're afraid of, what they're angry about, than they will in any way on, you know, just living their life, taking care of themselves, never mind being part of and creating solutions for the problems that we got. Oh, and I just wanted to say hello to Matt Unseated. Uh, he will be on, on the 15th talking about the same subject. He is our, so far, he is our, our uh, Canadian one-stop shop. If you, uh, Matt, you feel like putting a link to your YouTube channel here, that would be great. And uh, it, he, he, he paints the whole picture. If you spent, you know, five to six, seven, eight, 12 hours, like I have so far on that channel, maybe more, then you'll start seeing the whole Canadian show, like brrr, all these all these characters in the show. Yeah, a lot of work has been done for us that, um, you know, and he's got a he's got a very modest channel over there, which is another good sign that it hasn't been pushed up in its numbers. And and generally people so don't. The chances of him being an agent are low. Lower. Exactly. Lower. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I want to I, I think we should make the disclaimer here just to say that we can't we can't make any claims at all. Right. I don't know. You don't would you, I think you'd almost have to be inside somebody's head and heart to or know bank account. or bank account to know beyond a shadow of a doubt. Like I said, I've used my intuition to come to these things and, and pattern recognition. And then I've turned to people like Matt Unseated, yourself, you know, comparing notes, finding what other people have said. Often there is an expose like David Martin. There's a really good expose written on him point for point about the way that he operates uh, I want to shout out to Alex Zek, by the way, who you maybe don't know, but he did a, an interview of Mar um, of David Martin because David Martin is a proponent of germ theory. He's a he's a really big guy here in the Canadian truth movement. He's been on his stage and banging his drum and looking like a champion for Canadians. But it, one of his main modus operandi is to make sure germ, germ theory does not die. Mm. Well, anyone with such a snazzy bow tie... You know, you've got to yeah. trust them. Oh, yes, exactly. And then all of that, like, high-end production value, this is another one of the, the signs of controlled op. And he's for sure, he can he can for sure go into the Candyman because you're always going to get the fear porn from him. You're always going to get all of the, like, evil things that are coming your way. And, and um, yeah, so anyway, just to quickly finish the story about Alec, he, so he interviewed him as a way to confront him, similar, similar to what I do. I might do it a little more girly than he does it. And, uh, but he's actually really even that that's one of the things I love about him is that he doesn't lose his shit and lose his credibility in the process, but he asks very pointed questions and, and David Martin slipped out of every question for like, you know, more than an hour. He's like a snake slipping out and, and then starting to get aggressive and, and say like, well, you don't know anything and you're this and that. And then, but Alex was smart because he kept asking the questions and, and there are some really frightening answers that he finally gave and quickly moved on. So Alec pulled it out and made a short of it. So it's over on X. I did share it. So if you, if you want to go over and see that, 
Uh, yeah, good read on David Martin, exactly, Thomas. Oh, would you mind playing it, what you shared? Wonder, let me see. Yeah, it's very short, so I think we could do that. Let me see. I have the technology. We and have it, the power. We have the power. Yeah, and it wasn't power. It wasn't too far away. There it is. Okay, I'm gonna pull this up, and then I'm gonna drop this over here. Sorry to talk out loud. No, it's okay. That works. <laughs> and we gotta share it. I'm having my first cup of coffee of the day and I forgot to ask Jason which country it's from because we get it from all different kinds of coffee countries. Oh, nice. Nice. I'm going to bring you some coffee. Uh, it's called Canadian as fuck. Mm. <laughs> the name of the coffee is Canadian. It, Cana Canadians are fucked. Uh, no, Canadian as fuck. Canadian as fuck. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. That's so different than Canadians are fucked. I was like, well, that's not very positive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, we don't have, we don't grow coffee here at all. So there's nothing, nothing true about that. But all right. So we got the video here and uh, this will just be literally 22 seconds. So listen carefully. When you say that there is a biological weapon, what is the application of this biological weapon, according to you? The application is injected into people. So the biological weapon is humming in the form of injection. That's correct. correct. Is there a biological weapon that is being spread from person to person? Never had been. The entirety of the last four years was a premeditated act of domestic and international terrorism. When you say that there is a biological weapon, what is the application of this biological weapon, according to you? The application is injected into people. So the biological weapon is humming in the form of injection. That's correct. correct. Is there a biological oh, weapon that is being spread from person to person? Never had the entirety of the last four years was a premeditated act of domestic and international terrorism. There we go. You were hearing that, obviously, Rose? Oh, yeah. Good. So was did he used to say that COVID was a biological weapon and not that the vaccine was the biological weapon? Yeah. And again, just asserting that there was, in fact, a virus and that it had been they, they went head to head. If you want to go and find that that uh, interview, maybe I'll post it later. He didn't post it as part of this. Alec didn't post it as part of that ex post. But um yeah, I watched the whole thing. It's super painful. It really bends your mind in every direction and gives you a headache. And if you, you know, if you're really trying to pay attention to a snake because they're doing this the whole time along, and it's exhausting. And I, but I did it anyway because I wanted to see what the turnout was, and I was so happy that Alec made that video because it just like boom, there's there's the the gold mm -hmm. that admission that he made. So, so yeah, they, even in that interview. He was trying to defend a different point of view, but in that short clip, there's the mic drop, there's the truth, there's what everything else can be set aside because he said that. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Got yeah. You got it. Yeah. So that candy man, we got some other, you know, it could be, could be Alex Jones because that guy's always, uh, railing on the thing we should be afraid of and, and yelling at people and getting them all mad and incited into anger and stuff like that. So I got that guy on there. To, for me, Alex has done a lot of good work over the years. He's made a lot of true predictions. And, you know, 
in the same way that I think that like Trump is a fun character, like as an actor playing someone on the world stage, I like Alex Jones too. Like he's someone that I would have fun probably hanging out with and, you know, telling stories to each other. However, there's no doubt about it that he is controlled opposition for the very simple fact that all of us here who were around and doing research and paying attention during the Sandy Hook thing, we know that that was a staged event where nobody died and nobody got hurt. And we know that Alex knew the truth. And just like with the moon landing, where you can't realize that the moon landing's fake and then start believing in it again, there's no way that Alex truly changed his mind about that. It's that he got tapped on the shoulder and he was told, look, you're too big. We can't let this truth come out. You need to shape up and start behaving in the way that we are telling you to. So he had to pull it back and say that he made a mistake and that he was sorry and then do this crazy show trial where supposedly he's going to lose and just like same with Jim Fetzer. He wrote that book, Nobody Died at Sandy Hook, which now you literally can't find it anywhere. I mean, maybe someone right now might find it on eBay or something, but they're it's very hard to come by. And that was like such a good piece of evidence. And it really goes to show, like, I didn't even buy the book and I don't have it in my possession. And it is so annoying. But someone like that, supposedly he owes uh, $450,000. I mean... To me, I just think that those kinds of trials and cases are either completely fake and nobody's actually paying anybody, or it's like a money laundering thing where the money is being transferred from one place to another. And the end result is that people are going to believe that the conspiracy theorists were wrong and that this event actually happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's one of the ways that they can work is to make it so crazy. Because when you watch that guy, if you're not familiar with him, it'll rattle you, right? Like you you might turn away or turn it off very quickly going like, oh yeah, he's spewing that, therefore that equals the truth and freedom movement kind of thing. So that's another way that they can operate for sure. Uh, I also have Stu Peters on this list, the died suddenly guy. He, he His posts and his, you know, I, I guess he's got a, um, yeah, Sandy Hoke's Thomas, exactly. Um He's he's got a, a podcast that is so slick and so highly produced and and it, it you know it's you can see the production value to me is very important because that's how they capture your senses. It becomes a kind of surround sound experience. So you're not only seeing visuals, you're you're hearing the sounds, you're feeling the especially with the music that's used when they when they use creepy music to you know, illustrate something. And then, and then that movie, how many people, I never did watch it because by that point I was pretty hip to him and how many people were like literally weeping and crying and on the floor and hopeless and just feeling like everybody is about to die suddenly. Now that hasn't really been the case in my world. How about yours? No. Um, yeah. If it was supposed to be like this huge genocidal event, then we would have seen something different, but I don't think it was supposed to be everyone dying suddenly because then it would be too easy to blame this um, iron fisted control that's oncoming. You know, like this is the, the whole COVID hoax started because it was just one of the dominoes in a sequence of incremental changes to get people used to 
a lifestyle that would have sounded completely insane four years ago. But even in the past four years, isn't it interesting how there's even articles being written about COVID amnesia, where a lot of people can't quite remember what happened in 2020. And it's like, because they, they don't want to remember that they were fooled, that they acted like fools and that they trusted their government when they shouldn't have. Or maybe they still believe that there was a horrible virus that was killing people and they had to stay home and hide, and they're just traumatized from it. I want to acknowledge um, Sam Santos's comment, how do behave then? Should we just let it slide? I don't know what you're referring to, but if you're referring to Alex Jones, I think that it would have been better for him to somehow figure out a way to not... <laughs> act like Sandy Hook actually happened because we know that that was a staged hoaxed event where nobody died, nobody got hurt, people carrying pizzas to the scene of the crime after someone supposedly shot, no wheelchair accessible handicap spots in the parking lot, no internet connection since 2008, pictures of kids holding hands being led around in circles in opposite directions in different formations for this photo op, parents of supposed dead people smiling and getting into character in the most cliche fashion one could ever imag imagine. It was fake. And so how should someone behave? Well, we should all behave truthfully. Now, if I was Alex Jones's friend trying to like stick up for him and make excuses for him, I could explain like, oh, well, he's doing such good work for the most part and he's created this empire and all of these people are his employees who have a life to live and, um, you know, they're making their money from Alex and he's thinking, I just got to take care of my empire. So I'll just lie about this one thing and make it seem like I made a mistake about Sandy Hook. But that is what makes him an agent mm -hmm. because he's been transformed into a puppet instead of someone who's free to talk about what he wants to talk about, which at some point probably was the truth. So that brings us back to our archetypes, Beth. Is he a useful idiot that's just um, inhabiting a character that works for their agenda? Or is he being paid by the government like an employee? Maybe not. Maybe he fits another archetype in that he was trying so hard to be the real deal and share the truth. But then it's like he hit the wall in terms of how many people he's allowed to influence. Too many millions of people listen to his show. So it's kind of like he just got stifled. So to me, in terms of someone stopping the expansion and stifling someone, doesn't really sound agenty to me. But then when you think about it in terms of all of the people who might look at him and be like, ah, see, don't you, didn't you see the trial? Didn't you see he was wrong? Didn't you know that Sandy Hook happened? That's what matters the most because that's mm -hmm. the agenda is to get people to believe in shit like that so that they can bring on things like gun control and the fear that you're talking about, which is such an addiction today. Yeah. And uh, so one of the, one of the last archetypes on my list here is the handler that is fully aware. Now, not everybody will be aware they're being handled because that can come through via, you know, it's your paycheck is attached to it. So you get a message like, oh, yeah, the paycheck won't keep coming if you say the truth about Sandy Hook or anything else that is on our list, for example. 
So we can't totally know. That's why this isn't a process of making claims and and being definitive. And you know, I, I won't uh, I won't entertain arguing really with anybody. But I'm looking for information. I'm looking for corroboration with things that I already know inside myself. Um, I wanted to add, um, you know, Mark Passio to this list because he is a guy that will just rail on his people that have woke up a long time ago. It was different maybe back in the days when people were still humming and hawing about the agenda, but, you know, still still yelling at them, still uh, putting them in their place. Um, someone like Max Egan, I mean, I love him. I've had him on. I, I'm probably going to see him at an Arcapulco and have to apologize for this stream or something if he ever catches it. But uh, one of the things that that he does that Candyman can go to a real extreme to a place. And I know I've talked to you about this Rose where it actually turns into trauma-based mind control where you're, you're sharing the scary shit and it could be the scary shit that's really happening or the scary shit that's not really happening. Just the scary shit that's coming down the pipe in the, in the narrative and the propaganda. And nonetheless, when you share that scary shit, it is traumatic for your listeners. It is traumatic. And I learned, you know, about a year into the process that, okay, I know all these terrible things are, are happening or not happening, one of the two. And I don't need to fill my head with those images or those sounds or all of that garbage that is going to give me wounds to heal from. And that's not denial because that's having looked at it and seen that, yeah, it, it, it's really possible. And, and, you know, just listening to Max's, one of Max's last latest thing, it was, it was horrendous. The number of times I had to turn the water on or start singing at the top of my lungs, just not to take in and then finally turn it off. Like I can't, I can't do this anymore. You know, does he know he's doing it? Does he not know he's doing it? I can't, I can't know that, but that is the effect of it. And that might be one of my like hidden secret agendas is that those people would be more judicious with what they say. I got, I've got Owen Benjamin in this category too. And that's one of the reasons, you know, like I, I don't dislike him, but often when I turn it on, I'm going to hear something really like awful and it might be in, in disguise as comedy or telling us like what not to believe in or what not to think about, but there he is. And you're thinking about it. So that's just a little bit of my pet peeve coming through there. Oh, you're muted, sweetie. I feel like I'm I'm like I I know Mark Passio too well that it, I'm too biased to talk on his thing. I really love his work on natural law and objective morality and when I first was began to uh, notice his work, I could really empathize with what I would call righteous anger. Um, and then as time had gone by, I started to feel like his anger was not really producing a desired result. So I understand like when something can happen and then you can become so angry that the anger kind of drives something to occur so that then we can find some balance and then back down to like that relaxed equilibrium, but then always being in that really high energy angered state, I just find less and less benefit to that. And so I do appreciate that he would encourage people to 
share that information in their own way, in their own aesthetic. And when I found Crow and Jason and started working with them, I had recently been focusing on Mark Passio's work a lot. And what I started noticing is that Mark Passio wasn't necessarily the first person or the only person to be sharing certain truths like the basic laws of hermetics is so everywhere. But it just so happened that when he was explaining some of those aspects, it hit me and it kind of like unplugged me and woke me up. So I'll always be forever grateful to him that he was kind of like the dude that unplugged me in a way. But then now you start finding other people who are basically sharing those same truths in a different way that is a little bit less angry and more positive. And so I don't know if it's just like we're all on a different journey and different things kind of resonate with us in different ways. But if I was going to, if you were going to put a gun to my head and force me to categorize and explain where someone like Mark Passio, who can be very angry, and Owen Benjamin, who has a very crude style of comedy that not everyone can tolerate, then that would go into like the division category where un knowingly to them, they're basically just creating, just feeding into a distraction where people can feel like they're on a tribe or on a team that they have to defend. And it's taking up a lot of energy that could have otherwise been put through some kind of like self personal development of skills or learning new information rather than like being in a position where you have to defend this or defend that or this person or that person. Yeah, exactly. And not everybody is all one way, right? It's not all good and all bad. That's not how human beings are made. We've got certain parts of us that are awake and certain parts of us that are not. And uh, I agree, Mark Passio has a ton of uh, good information. He was also a kind of uh, gateway for me, gateway drug, I was going to say, in the in the truth community. And I appreciate it. Same with Owen Benjamin. I remember the, the first stream that I listen to him um, explain why it's never okay to have sex with a child. And, and people were not clear, right? Because that's the way that this, this uh, whole, that whole subject gets weaponized against us, how we become okay with pedophilia in certain cases, like only when they agree. And, and so I was, he taught me how to see through all of that kind of bullshit. And so it's not baby in the bathwater when it comes to some of these guys, maybe all of these guys. Um, this won't be popular when I call out Shadow Davis. He's a local guy here, uh, spreading misinformation. In you know, definitely educated about this is a Canadian thing specifically, but uh, how the Bill of Rights supersedes the Charter. How how our government has been using the Charter to make sure everybody that goes to court using it loses every single time. And, uh, and so he pushes that, even though he's been educated and even he's even, you know, had people on that I sent his way to talk about that. <clears throat> we got our Canadian Archer Pulowski that I always felt was like a, a creepy guy. I don't know if you know him. We got our Rebel News, Canadian Rebel News. There's a lot of, a lot of guys you don't know. And um, let's see if there's any. Chris Guy. Do you know Chris Guy? He would definitely. Mm -hmm. I remember him only from during the COVID hoax when he was trying to get on like an airplane or something and he was speaking out against the mask. And I really appreciated that. But then something happened and he ended up on like a mainstream television situation. And all of a sudden you hear a lot of his fellow Canadians saying he's an agent, he's an agent. 
And I never even looked into it or formulated my own opinion as to why he may or may not be an agent. But I did just notate that uh, a lot of people were saying that, filed it away, and then just like never really tried to pursue him in any way, shape, or form after that, which maybe is you know, maybe not good on my part. Maybe I should have looked into it more, but I just feel like there's so many characters all the time that I just can't keep up with everyone. So if, if enough people are like, screw that guy, I'll just be like, all right, screw him for now until it otherwise noted. Exactly. There's no need to go and study them and listen to them every day. And sometimes I'll do that. Like I'll put Shadow Davis on at night. Maybe I'm just washing dishes or something. And it just reconfirms and affirms every all the conclusions that I've already come to. And it's just like I never finished listening. I never, I never like what what was that for, right? What was the point of that? Never, never enlightens me or gives me more than I had. So, so um, yeah. And then and then Chris Guy, he, because again, he's he's in Canada or in Canada, in Canada here, and he came through Manitoba. And all my friends, this is this is part of the painful part. All my friends flock to these guys. Because they love somebody who's on a stage. They love somebody famous. I'm just going to call it out. You know, we got bona fide groupies in the in the truth world that they love to follow the famous person. And, you know, and they'll say, oh, it's not all bad. But when you start to trace back, you got all kinds of crap going on. And um, and then it, actually Alex Zek and Chris Sky came head to head recently too. And that was really good. There was quite a show on, on X about that if you want to look it up. So I'll go on to my next category since uh, I don't, I didn't ask you how long you have, by the way, Rose, how, how long are you free? I could stick around for maybe another half hour or so. Okay. Is that right? okay. Good to know. Okay. Yeah. So the next category are the grifters. They're in it for the money at all cost. They saw us flailing. They saw us afraid. They saw us looking for solutions pre-pandemic, but very much post-pandemic. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, the world was flooded with these so-called solutions, many in the, um, you know, the alternative law world, like Daniel Losnick, who we called out like crazy with Lisa Marie Reddell, who was severely harmed by him in many ways, especially financially. They're still trying to pick up the pieces from having him in his life. And, uh, and then they come forward, you know, his angelic law, he's got the solution to everything. And he's not only got micro solutions for the legal problems, but he's got these like grand plan for everybody. And, uh, and, you know, they're just going from community to community when they, when they get found out, they just move to the next community, Kevin and Matt, um, Matt unseated. I was just watching his expose. You actually used one of my videos that I look terrible in, by the way, <laughs> that shot you had just wanted to say that. But he didn't say anything mean about me, so that was good. And uh, and yeah, just seeing. Oh no, that was actually uh, J.D. Anderson, another character in the show, that they tried so hard to get me into that whole indigenous movement. They really tried. They came at me from several angles. They 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 sent several different agents, and they would woo me, and they would romance me, and they would say they were going to make me famous, and I was going to make a lot of money because I was the one bringing out this knowledge that. The Indigenous actually own Canada, and it was just a big show. And when you listen to their talks, global agenda. And then Matt did the work to go in and really look behind the scenes with this J.D. Anderson character and show and shows how he's actually working for the globalists in, in the form of UNDRIP. It's, you know, it's a U.N. initiative. It's all 
what do they call it? Sustainable development and all that crap and the smart cities and everything. He's it's right there. His name's all over it. Now I just knew it intuitively. And, uh, cause, and there was weird things like the, the morning he was going to be on the interview, they, they, I got a message from his handler, whatever, whoever she was. And, uh, oh yeah, they just left town in the middle of the night. And it's like, oh, well, d what did normal people just leave town in the middle of the night <laughs> like that? No, but all my friends were sucked in and given the money and they kept going, oh, Beth, you should do this interview and that interview. And I was like, you guys don't know. Like my spidey senses were off the charts and now I've got the knowledge to back it up. Thanks to, thanks to, uh, yeah, yeah. Personally friendly with King Charles. Yes. Yes. And he's got a big story about the queen and all kinds of, you know, knighted by the queen and yeah. Yeah. And, and right here in Manitoba. Exactly. Yeah. The person that got hold of me, was it Kellyanne Wolf? No, um, it was actually, I, I, his name was in one of the documents you used, uh, Glenn, Glenn Hogue. Was it Hogue or no, Glenn Bogue. Glenn Bogue, he was the attorney general for the Asman Nation. And so I've got a really good friend who went down that rabbit hole. And now is he compromised? Because he was pushing it and he tried hard to get me to go down that road too. But uh, thank you, Derek. I appreciate that. Yeah, so that's good. It's a good combo. Um, who else we got? We got all kinds here. Um, now, these were some names given to me. I haven't done the, the research on this, but Christine Anderson, who just came through Canada, is she really a grifter? Uh, they were charging, I think, I don't know how many hundreds of dollars to go and see them talk. She's an EU politician that said something against our prime minister, our crime minister here. So uh, then she's all of a sudden a hero for the people. But she, no, she's an EU politician. How could she possibly be in the truth movement? Same with Daniel Smith, you guys. Shake your heads. What, like, what, you know, here, I'm not going to pull Mark Passio. Yeah. Why is this the time? to trust a politician just because they're saying what you like. Right. You know, so I, I won't bother with the people think that they agree with a politician who says they're going to do something. And then after they're elected, it never happens. Isn't that just par for the course? Yet people keep falling for this circus every single time. I know. I know. It's, it's really painful. I just wanted to tell Sam, yes, Asmin is compromised. Yes, it is. the It is actually the UN. It's just another, disguise of it as far as i'm concerned if i said that um correctly or not i'm not totally sure let's see who else you would recognize boy i got a lot of canadian names um in the grifters just a ton of them i'm i'll go i'll get my head cut off for this one but robert menard is a long time uh you know law guy and it's possible they threw him in jail and gave him conditions of of that he had to go and teach the law to people in a sideways manner in order to stay out of jail and that this became part of his mission but regardless i know that he takes people for money he has taken a good friend of mine for a bunch of money he's always got some new scheme and scam i interviewed him because he's you know popular it was like a real score actually to be able to find him through a friend but um you know and then he tried so hard to get me to endorse his latest project and like was calling me all the time and trying to get me involved in this, but all the spidey senses were going, no. Um, we got the Rocco Galati, another, another uh, Canadian guy. We'll go deep into that when, when Matt comes on the third category, or do you want to say something, Rose? Go ahead. No, I was going to ask you which archetypes you've already been through. So we're just on two now. It was the Candyman okay. and the grifter. Okay, good. Yeah. And the third one, the name so far is called high end hooker. And these are the guys that you've got out there that 
are elitists. You got Jordan Peterson, who you, I hope you're familiar with. Is he big enough in the U.S.? He, no, yeah, he's so you see his name everywhere, and I just can't figure out why people think that he's cool. I mean, he doesn't seem very interesting to me at all. But I haven't really given him enough attention, so. His know. vibe sucks. His vibe makes me barfy. A little bit like listening to Justin Trudeau. It's it's a mm -hmm. similar similar vibe. And he can be saying some of the right words, but I'll shout out to um, Amazing Polly, who is, I know her from X. And I don't think she likes me, but regardless, she did a good expose of, of Jordan Peterson. So you can go and find that detailing how he was telling people, go get the vax. I need to get on a plane. Wear masks. You're, you're, you're making trouble for me in the lineups. And, you know, like he's literally telling people to do that kind of stuff. Um, when cornered and asking about whether he believes in God, because that's a big part of his platform. He's trying to bring the God people in. Uh, he, he, he's like, well, what is God? So he doesn't, he can't even give a direct answer. Yes. If he believes in God, those are just a couple of the things. And there's, there's a whole accordion folder on him and they have everything to lose. So they really are puppets on a string. Nobody, nobody gets to that place of being so successful, huge audience, you know, lots of money, accreditation in, in public institutions. They're not self-made. They are injected with finances and attention and pushed to the front of the line and the algorithms. And so when they go to step out of line, that's why so many, so many people that I thought I looked up to, um, I had to, I had to walk away from because post pandemic, you could see they were completely in the dark. Uh, I've got Joe Rogan in this category, another kind of guy. We got Jeremy McKenzie in Canada, Del Bigtree, who I, I think you're familiar with. I'm, I'm totally not popular in saying that he's had a really good expose done on him. Uh, Kellyanne Wolf is on this list. We got Vaccine Choice Canada, all, all, all of the Canadian police on guard, Vets for Freedom, Take Back Our Freedom, Liberty.com, Odessa. I won't be happy. They won't be happy if I say that. Um, Laurelyn Thompson, for sure. Um, you know, our politicians that came forward way late. What was that guy's name that uh, penned the charter? I uh, can't remember. But anyway, so yeah, that's that's the uh, the high end hookers. I'm sure there's way more than than I have said here. And then this next category fits a lot with what you said, Rose. Calling it so far, copycats, pawns, and clowns. And that came from a talk with you because in some cases these are the useful idiots. They're willing to sacrifice their own image in public to look like complete morons. They watch where the views go. So they just simply copy that content and they put it out there. They're not researching. They're not thinking. They're not doing anything. They're just like greedily being the copycat and useful idiots. So who would you put in that category? I've got a list here too. Well, I mean, the, the, an example of that would be like someone who eats on their stream, uh, to like show people how much they can eat uh, or someone who wants to go give cash to homeless people, you know, on camera and just kind of like all those exploiting kind of things. And so if someone's already, you know, following those patterns and then they let's just say that they also want to speak some truth 
they might get recognized as someone who's like willing to do ridiculous things for views already. And so maybe they can be enticed to go into a different direction rather than the direction that they may have already been going. And then they're being like uh, propped up on the more negative untrue things rather than the things that they would have said that was good. Yeah. 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 I think you're right. So uh, just so people know, there can be lots of overlap. Archetypes are not in, um, they don't come one at a time. They come clustered. So there's, there, there is overlap here from the other categories, but we got again, Chris Guy, you mentioned Alex Stein said, don't, don't go listen to him, but you had him in the clown category. Uh, we got a Pat King, Tamara Litch here in Canada, uh, Maverick News, Chris Guy again, Jay Shakur, Ken Drysdale. I still have to really flesh out more of the uh, Americans. We got, um, I'm not sure where I would put Dolores Cahill, not necessarily the copycat. She's more of a, a frontline kind of could be high-end hooker in the political sphere there in the in EU. I haven't heard from her for a long time. She wouldn't respond to me after I interviewed her and I realized what was going on with her and why was she schmoozing me and and uh, blowing smoke up uh, my button, Matt Belair's button, saying that we got had, we had an invitation to the castle and we were going to be famous and she's going to play my music in the castle and everything. Like just all of this. Why? Did, I, I came away like, why? You didn't need to do that because I'm not asking you for your approval and your, you know, to make me feel all good about myself. So to me, that that is a, a big sign when people need to do that. Um, so shall I go on to the next category? Yeah, ready for the next one. So far, I'm calling this Satan. <laughs> okay. And it's, uh, they actually made a deal with the devil and they have to pay by misleading people. Wow. So an actual spiritual deal. Right. Normally, right. or is it possible for someone to be on the Satan side without realizing it? Possibly. They, they likely know they made that deal with the devil. Um, and then... There, I, I don't know, could there be some kind of amnesia? I, I'm, I've coined this phrase psychopathic numbness mm. to their own suffering and the suffering of others. That's in denial of how much their choices caused suffering because when they made the deal, maybe they didn't really know what they were getting into. And then now seeing the consequences of the deal, they can't get out of it. So maybe they just like feel terrible on the inside in a very guilty way that they can't actually acknowledge. Exactly. Now I'm not calling him controlled up, but I think Prince was like that. He made the deal with the devil and then he repented and he realized, Oh my gosh, big mistake. And from what I understand, if it's true, he was trying very difficult, very hard to make good with God by going and giving very poor communities, a whole bunch of money anonymously and, you know, always showing up wherever he did a concert, he would, he would do some good in that community without needing to get a bunch of press about it. And then, you know, and then they killed him in the end, if that's true or not, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I got a big list here. We got, if you're familiar with the Reimer Fulmic, this guy has been a pain in my ass. Everybody shares him with me in the law world and tries to show what a hero he is in the, in uh, court cases and that stuff. Uh, same with Rocco Galati, who is, um, you know, a total, total cretin. And if you, all you have to do is look at their legal documents. I'm, I'm not an expert, but I can tell when something's a legal document and when it's not. 
like the writing and there shouldn't be typos. And there's, uh, there's just little signs that like, this isn't a legal document. Yeah. You know, um, I'm going to, I'm going to have to call out PMA power also that, you know, there's a lot of people in the PMA world selling. There can be a lot of grifting. We had a Michael, um, Robert, Robert, Michael, I guess the two, two first name people often in, in that uh, category. And then, uh, yeah, so, but we're in Satan now, so I won't, I don't know, Rocco could be, I do actually have Rocco in the, in the Satan department as well. Uh, Daniel Smith, uh, the church of God hiding behind the, the theatrics, all the, the shutdown. Now that's Canadian as, uh, as well. And all the Canadian characters. So, yeah, who are the, you can't prove who are the actual Satans, where they really truly do know what they're doing and they, they're under duress and their only choice is to be, you know, go completely down. Uh, for example, there, one of my colleagues that won't talk to me anymore, he, he might be controlled up, but he told me that one time he was romanced by people and he was flown somewhere to a special holiday and given this experience and then they're in the pool and and then for some reason they send the 10 year old girl to swim with him and get all cozy with him and all of a sudden grabbing the wrong stuff and then he knew that he was they were trying to get him to do something wrong so that they could be in control of him mm. that's most people if you do something wrong and you have a secret, you will go to the end of the earth to keep on compounding the lies so nobody finds out what everybody is ultimately always going to find out. The truth always comes out. And who can be compromised to do something wrong, whether it's with money or with children or God only knows, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. Any other Satans come to mind that, that you suspect would be in that category? <sighs> I don't know why when you brought up the Satan's category, I kind of thought up I, I kind of thought of the opposite, which is well, okay, so like the Satan category might be like the parents of someone like Britney Spears. But Britney Spears, as a young child who couldn't consent, was kind of breeded into a world that did not allow her to have a normal childhood upbringing. And for that alone, I consider her like a victim. But even though she's a victim, doesn't mean that throughout the course of her career, she didn't pander to certain agendas in some way, shape or form. And it's kind of funny to even use that as an example right now, because from my perspective today, the late 90s and early 2000s seemed like such an innocent time. It's kind of hard for me to like pull out what agenda would she have been pandering to other than like wearing cute clothes and shaking your butt around while singing and dancing. Like, but you know that behind the scenes, there was probably a lot of social engineering going on in a lot of different directions that was just the foundation of what we see today. And a lot of the weird stuff that we see today that is so obviously satanic was, was from the beginnings of things like that, that it's just like night and day now. 
or even someone like Madonna, who I guess like you could argue that her style was kind of maybe promoting promiscuousness and partying and like maybe a carefree attitude or materialism, of course. But now as a figure, not that I watch a lot of media or see a lot of this stuff just on the internet, you see like little clips of people walking around on red carpets and it's like, whoa, is this like a Halloween costume? Or am I being a bitch and she's just aging poorly? Or is she dressing up like a freaking witch of some kind? <laughs> I don't right. Know. Right. I know. That's a strange one. Yeah. And just back to the example of the, the parents of Britney Spears is one of the things that I, I know this is still secondhand, but I worked with someone directly who'd been through satanic ritual abuse as part of a family that was involved as part of a network and a community that was involved and the whole trafficking and the torture and you name it. And one of the modus operandi with them is that they have to turn you into one of them. So you flip from being the victim into the perpetrator because as a victim, you hold a certain innocence, but as soon as you're the perpetrator, then that's gone. You can't fall back on that. And so that's, I think, how they would get Britney Spears, like turn her into that, um, yeah, what I just said. So, yeah, yeah, and it, it, yeah. Oh, we got a lot of comments over on Rockfin. That's great. Nice to see you guys over there. Kurt Brisk and uh, Lori Appleby is here. Nice. Yes, yes, blackmail. Exactly. Just to clarify uh, what you were saying, it's that someone who that who's been victimized will continue the cycle of abuse. That's how they do it. Exactly. That's how they do it. Like even I'll just use it like, you know, um, got, got the, well, I don't know. Now I hesitate to say anything about baby killers or anything like that, but um, it's, yeah, they're, they're made to do heinous things. It's, it's very, very terrible. Um, yeah. Someone was asking Johan about Rocco and Reimer. We wonder how much mental health issues are at play. I think that would be personally, I think that would be very generous to chalk it up to mental health issues. It might very well be part of it though, because it's the mental health issue that makes them vulnerable to the programming ultimately, like wanting people's love and approval so bad that you're willing to do anything for it, go completely out of integrity, lie your face off, steal, all of those kind of things, right? Or you want to survive so badly that you're willing to do all of that same stuff or you want control. It's another major program that drives people and they never feel like they have enough control. You see our controllers just keep on. They never take controls back. They almost, they uh, just move forward and, uh, and take more of the so-called power. Uh, Madonna definitely on the dark side. Yeah. looks, looks scary. Looks scary from the outside. For some reason you find everyone always avoids this. I know, I know people don't like it, Lara. They don't like it because it takes away their heroes right? They've, these guys have all been elevated into hero status. You feel like you're meeting the rock star. Uh, I've been there, so I'm not, I'm not calling you down. I've totally been there where it's like, oh my God, Dolores Cahill wants us to interview her. We must be amazing. We're so fantastic because she's this big one and we're these little ones. And it's just like, yeah. And that became, when they came looking for me, that was a sign too, because I'm basically... Who was I um, hearing this from? Was I don't know if it was you or back then when Dolores Cahill was getting a lot of publicity, I was 
I mentioned her in like a favorable way. And I don't know if it was you or not, but someone said that she had had a like a fit in public where she uh, like did this to a bunch of things on a table. She threw over the table. Yeah, this was sort of the nail in the coffin for me. I was following her and watching some of her videos. And it's what exposed what is often the case where you've got a show going on. You've got a staging happening. And so they're in front of the courthouse and she wants to get in without a mask and she's arguing and they're arguing and they're arguing, which is what you don't do in law, by the way. You never argue, especially with people with guns. And it was a back and forth and the back and forth. And all of a sudden she's like, this is it. And she throws over the table and she goes running to the door and she goes running in the building. So like, you know, it's just like, this is embarrassing. That's yeah, embarrassing. So odd. Such a weird, yeah. yeah. I don't know what to say about that. Yeah. And people love that stuff. I remember showing my friends and they're like, go, go Dolores. You're a warrior. It's like, no, no. Hey. Too funny. So, I know. I know. So we're actually down to my last category so far. Um, you know, for lack of more examples of Satan, we'll get deeper into it with uh, both Freeman on Monday. And then, like I said, Matt unseated the following Monday after that. Uh, but the the last category is basically the elephant in the room, which you already have intimated we sort of started talking about was the handlers, the puppet masters. And we don't know who they are because they don't go in public. Right, right, exactly. They don't need to. Yeah, that's why you've got the Reimer Fomics and the Rocco Galatis and the, you know, the front men that go and, and take all the hits. And, you know, if they get taken out, which oddly nobody has you know like you think by now somebody would have taken rjt out right if you mm -hmm. do you know the j who i'm talking about yeah no no i uh, don't the, the crime minister oh okay justin yeah yeah and so you know why hasn't he been completely removed not mm -hmm. just from office and, and that won't make any difference because they always got another puppet ready to put in place and uh you know that, but the, the joke's on us it's just like there's it can be a lot of work and a lot of people trying to get him out of office, but that's not going to do any good. Yeah. The one thing I, I always think of the same person when someone says the word handler, and I have no idea if this is an actual handler or if it's just like the archetype in my mind, handler. And tell me if you agree with me to any degree. Okay. Yoko Ono. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Is she a handler of John in Lennon. Interesting. Yeah, a lot of people championed for, for John Lennon. I almost had a fight with my ex about this yesterday, just about how engineered the whole Beatles movement seems to be. I, I'm guessing that it's much less organic and much more engineered as a social movement that, that they wanted to happen. And then, um, yeah, people love John Lennon. They, they, now that he's dead, he's very easy to romanticize him and see him as a hero. But was he being handled by Yoko? That's like, that just rang true for me when you said it. I'd never thought that before. Oh, you hadn't. Well, I have no idea either way. It's just that people have always mentioned like, what, what did he see in her? What's so cool about her? Why was he so infatuated with her? And why did it seem like she was dictating a lot of his behavior? When you're someone as powerful 
I mean, because when you're that popular, you have power because anything you say, people are going to take really seriously. So considering how young the Beatles were around that time, um, it would make sense to me that there would be handlers in place to make sure that they never said the wrong thing, especially when there was like different wars going on or being planned or set up. Um, just throwing it out there. A handler that like seems like an obvious handler, but we still can never know for sure. Yeah, exactly. And they always need some characters in the show that will sympathize with the uh, opposition <clears throat> that we are. If you don't have those characters, then we're going to like abandon, for example, the political system. If you don't have a few in Canada, we got to a Pierre Polyev and that Daniel Smith character and a few others. And if we didn't have them, then you would just completely do away with your political affiliations, right? It's just all criminals. We're not going there. But if as soon as you've got somebody who spouts the right narrative, then you like politics again. Like that was the, one of the things I did to just remove myself from any political list. Uh, oh yeah, Sasha Stone for sure. Um, Sasha and Ciro. Do you know Ciro? Me? No, I guess I just don't seem to know anybody tonight. Because you're, so you're a workaholic. Yeah, you're a workaholic. I'm on my own stuff. But, you know, every now and then I interact or know about people. I was looking at the Rockman chat, though. And as soon as I saw Prince, the, the name Princess Diana, Diana, I automatically put her in, like, the Britney Spears category almost because I feel like she's so innocently and unknowingly got into what she got into, but maybe that's incredibly naive of me. And maybe I have no idea that she was only chosen because she came from a certain stock or family, or there were certain arrangements. I mean, especially in terms of royalty, it's extremely common that marriages are always like arranged for some kind of political reason. But one thing we, I, I do think is safe to assume and tell me if you agree with me or not, which is that she wasn't willing to play ball. Her morality and her heart was bigger than her desire for whatever it is that the so-called ruling elite or agenda pushers could pay her. And so because of that, she had to be taken out and that she actually was murdered. And I don't know, I don't, I don't even know what like Crow or Jason thinks. I, I think that Jason probably thinks that she was actually murdered. Maybe there are some people out there that think that she's with Tupac and Elvis and David Bowie and whoever else. But I feel like it makes more sense that she just seemed intuitively like a really good freaking person. And that just wouldn't do in those circles. Yeah, I had a lot of uh, that kind of affection for her and uh, almost felt sorry for her because you could see how she really didn't fit. I, I met um, Sarah, Duchess of York. She was here in Manitoba. We, we hosted a talk for her as part of a series. And I could see a little bit into that life just over the, the I don't know, they were here for three days. And Sarah had to travel with like 27 people. She had 27 handlers. She couldn't literally go in or out of a restaurant without 27 people in tow. Uh, everything was a major organization to get her in a helicopter was like crazy. Um, you know, and it was very sad. I could see, I could see the sadness in that. So even if it's not heinous, they are, they are definitely not their own person in that arena. I, I just personally, that was my observation. 
Mm. So yeah, yeah, that I, I I agree with how you're seeing that personally. Thomas Jordan mentioned someone interesting, Cheryl Hines, the wife of RFK Jr. And I always knew her as the actress who played the wife of Larry David on Curb Your Enthusiasm. And it's so funny. I never thought to look her up. Who is she? Who is she related to? Because I did think, why is she on this show? Because she doesn't seem like much of an actress. She kind of, I always kind of felt like, she just must have been someone's friend and they just, since they're friends, it's easy to hang out with each other on a set for year after year, episode after episode. But it's almost like I actually remember asking myself, maybe she's such a good actress that it just seems like she's not acting. And like, this is just the beauty of improv where she seems like she doesn't care and all lackluster, but maybe she's just a genius. <laughs> but I don't think so. I think that she's just kind of like on the in crowd and there must be some kind of purpose. So Thomas Jordan, I would love to know what else about her makes you feel like she seems like a handler. Cause in the same way with Yoko Ono, no one's ever going to be able to produce a video of her being like, this is what you have to say, John. You better mm -hmm. shut up with your interesting ideas and say this instead. We're not going to see that with Cheryl, but I just want to know like what tipped you off to that, that feeling. Cause I definitely, uh, like your sentiment, but I just don't have anything to prove it. Yeah, that's where we're at with this subject in general. But uh, yes, virgin sacrifice. I think that's that's true with Diana for sure. Mm. Um, oh, Michael Jackson. Tell me what you think of Michael Jackson because I feel like there's so many people with a specific opinion on this, and um, certain people that might have the right, they might be right about this, might be wrong about other things. And so you can't necessarily judge someone by what they think about Michael Jackson, but I think that he was a victim as well, a childhood actor victim and not a child molester. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that. But I, I want to also go just back because you said it so well, actors pretending not to act. And oh, this yeah. is, this is one of the clear signs that they're really bad. They're, they're actors pretending not to act, but they end up bad at it. And you know who immediately came to mind, and this is always a sign when you can think of somebody, is that, um, what's the guy's name in that movie, um, Sound of Freedom, that they managed to get thousands of people. Jesus. The guy who played Jesus? It wasn't the Jesus movie. It was about child trafficking. What's that well, guy's I name? The, I thought the actor in The Sound of Freedom is the same actor who plays Jesus. Um, no, I think you're thinking about the, um, that series, the chosen and what is that guy's name who did Jim, play Caviezel? What was it? Jim Caviezel. He's Jesus. He's Jesus in the chosen. Yeah. Okay. So that's yeah. his name. Yeah. Yeah. So they did have another movie that was sheer propaganda. I'm so glad I didn't waste uh, any time other than on online doing that but yeah this was the, oh, yeah oh thank you um tim ballard tim ballard that's the guy so he came up in my awareness pretty early on and it was when i was just learning about the child trafficking rings and there it, i believe there is truth to it and i know somebody who was in it you know unless it, that was a complete lie and they literally came for me but uh but i could feel just by that guy talking when tim ballard talks it, it's the same pukey feeling that i get He's an actor pretending not to act, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? 
Yeah. Yeah. I also, um, it always sticks out in my mind. Anyone, anytime that someone feels the urge to verbalize that they're a bad liar. It's like, well, why would you feel the urge to tell everyone that you're a bad liar if you weren't trying to cover up the fact that you're a good liar? <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. When they trip on their words and you can see how they're actually in their head thinking and you can hear the interruption. That's why when uh, our, our crime minister speaks, it's so annoying because he can't make it through any sentence without taking a breath. The breath is the thinking and the negotiating and the the math that he's doing about what he should say, what he's been told he should say, what the words that are coming through and how he's going to make a whole sentence out of it. And it's just like, you can, you, I can feel all that machination going on in the back end personally. See, I can't prove any of this. I can just, I can just sense it. Um, yeah. Michael Jackson, very sad, very sad, maybe similar category to Diana where his life was not his own and, and they, you know, brutally butchered him and made him want to be white. And, you know, if he was alive today with all the white hate, ugh, how sad that would be. I almost think that he actually had that disease. <laughs> I don't even know if he was faking being white. He could have had these white splotches on his skin and then he's evening it, evening it out with makeup. Just because now with the age of the internet, you know how many uh, vitiligo people are now uh, influencers on social media being like, my vitiligo is beautiful. I'm owning my white spots. It's like, oh, wow, that is interesting. I didn't know that that. And also, I have known a bunch of people that had a single white birthmark like on their forehead and then out of the birthmark grows white hair. And I think it looks so cool. Well, I can understand why someone would might want to put makeup and dye it, but in my opinion, those people don't need to do that. Yeah, yeah, okay. that's very getting good. off topic now. That's no, okay. Um, and then I'd say yes to the Mormons, from what I can understand. Um, who's uh, Jeff Durbin? Is that his name? He would be a good one to look up on the Mormons. He he goes head to head and will show up at the Mormons' locations and and take them uh, to task. Specifically, uh, is it an abortion issue? I'm not sure. Anyway, that's a whole other. But I'd say yes to Mormons, and that's who was behind the chosen. And uh, and here's another here's another way that the media will draw you in. That they start off with the thing that you want, the thing that's good. It's kind of like when they put TVs in people's homes, and it all had to be back to back to or no, uh, Leave It to Beaver, and all the family values kind of stuff. And then it over time degraded into where you've got the, this is, uh, uh, I always had quoted this from Freeman, but the, you know, full frontal satanic ritual going on, on, on TV and nothing like everything is available to everybody. Really sick stuff. Um, where was I going with that? Anything you want to add? Oh gosh. I, oh. I was listening to what you were saying. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so yeah, then uh, the chosen did the same thing in the first season. It's all glorious and beautiful and we love Jesus. And I'm, I'm more in love with that actor than I am even Jesus. I had to catch myself with that. Like I, I followed him around a little bit and like Beth, wake up, wake up. <laughs> He's acting. Right. And, um, and then, but as the season goes on, it gets more violent. It gets more graphic. It gets a lot less Jesus. He wasn't the center of the show anymore at all. There are some episodes he doesn't barely show up. 
anymore. So really dragging your consciousness away from that, making shit up. You know, if I was still like a champion for the Bible, which I don't feel like I can be, but uh, you can't just make stuff up because it's good for your your docu-series or and I guess not docu-series, just like fiction. Oh, I just want to point out David McDonald said the sound of freedom never exposed a thing. And I never saw that film because right from the get go, I just, it grossed me out that so many people were like getting all excited that such a subject was becoming popular because I just saw it as revelation of the method to be like, look, we're going to put all of these terrible ideas and pollute everyone's mind and and reveal the truth, quote unquote, to like a uh, diet woke mini truth sort of thing. And watch how nobody wants to do anything about it. Nobody cares. And everyone's just going to keep going on with their lives. And so what I was told is that it was exposing that such a thing with child abuse and sex trafficking exists. But I don't know if this is what David meant, but it was my understanding that, uh, the ruling elite, the rich people, the people in control, the people that a lot of others trust and allow to have power are the ones that are mostly responsible. So those are the ones that should have been exposed. But really, it was just like, oh, these like random, unknown, you know, scary people. And they're, you know, very few and far between, maybe. But it makes perfect sense to me that it would be the people in power that would not only be allowing it to happen, but funding the whole operation. You think it's like random gross person in like a one bedroom apartment near Skid Row is the one that's funding the ability for this whole entire operation to occur. So yeah, I felt like really grossed out and it was like a big slap in the face when everyone was watching that movie. And then a bunch of like so-called truthers would be like, that was the best movie I've ever seen in like 20 years. It's like, well, then they finally figured out a good movie to grab your attention. They got you for a night when they thought you were gone for 20 years. They captured your ticket and probably bought some popcorn too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that to me is an example of trauma-based mind control because people would come out of it and you could see the dissociation that would happen when you're, when you're taking in all of this media and you're considering the, the reality. Now that's, that's a total mind fuck because there is, I believe there is a re reality going on but the portrayal of it in that context is going to be totally manipulating you. And, and all you're going to do, not, not come out and take action and be a champion, you're going to dissociate and numb out. That's what happens to you when you are traumatized. And it takes a lot of work and you have to make a decision and make a, a total turn in your life to, turn, to, to actually heal from that injury whether it was direct to you or vicariously like this through media. So yeah, I, I wouldn't touch it. And, and, the, and the fact that it, it shows up in all of those public arenas in the popcorn seats, like that, that doesn't happen organically. Yeah. Yeah. It's so obvious now, like, and especially the way that they'll like put out red and blue ideas or something that panders to a red or blue community. Uh, like Crow was telling Jason, you should watch that Oppenheimer movie because people were saying that it was just full of propaganda. It's like, no shit, Sherlock. Obviously, it's going to be full of propaganda. Why do we need, even need to like double check to make sure? But then I was thinking about it some more and I thought 
not just like what was in a certain movie that is interesting in terms of propaganda, but at the same time that the Oppenheimer movie came out was like the Barbie movie and the Barbie movie and the Oppenheimer movie. Jason said both were billion dollar movies. So they made over a billion dollars each, both coming out at the same time. And so I just feel like all these numbers and how successful something is, is completely contrived. Just like, remember when we were kids and like a new CD or cassette tape would come out and it was like, oh, this is number one. It's like, it was number one because they decided it was going to be number one and they decided this was going to be everyone's favorite song. So I find it interesting. Like if you're trying to push a certain agenda, why not just make one movie and have all of the ideas when you can have two movies and have both sides of the argument so that people can pick a team. So really the most offensive thing to me at all these days is like the tribalism and people being funneled into certain teams and adopting a point of view that they didn't come up with to begin with and getting like super religious about it. That is like my biggest pet peeve. And I think something that the so-called controlled opposition, no matter what archetype you fall under, is going to enhance. You're Boom. going to be pandering to it, whether Boom. you like it or not. Yeah, you said it. That's a that's a total gem. That's a total gem. It that, that's the big crime is the tribalism that they align themselves and then as soon as you align yourself with a team and you funnel into the team, you by default you have to be pretty much against the other teams, especially if they're saying stuff that doesn't go along with the narrative. I know there's one person in my world that we make an effort to continue being friends, but I see her off with all the controlled op teams. And I'm not that popular. Like, I don't get invited to this and I don't get invited to that. Maybe it's because I don't go anywhere. <clears throat> I don't know. But, you know, you, you can see that's that's the division right there. There, you, you nailed it, Rose. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so, well, how does that feel for now? We made it to the bottom of my list and uh, this has been a good discussion. I actually want to go back and read all the comments. I know I've missed quite a bit. But uh, if if it helps you, I can let you go now and, and maybe just go through a bit more of the chat or it's up to you. You can stay as long as you like. I think I'm going to head out for now and let you schmooze with the chat and I'll I'll be listening in the background while I get back to work with some things. But I want to thank you so much for having me. I hope that my commentary was a useful addition to your list and that you know, when people want to know about this topic, it will be like an easy little stream to share so that people would know our take on things. Exactly. It really was. Thank you so much, Rose. Thoroughly enjoy every conversation I have with you on or off air. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon, my friend, and see you Thank soon you. too. Bye. <laughs> Amazing. Bye. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Thanks to Rose. Definitely. She's awesome. I love her so much. Yeah. Yeah. And she does have a nice smile. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yes, Rose, planting seeds and then cultivating their crops, corn or soybean, pick your poison. Exactly. Yeah. And you, you very, very, very often cannot have both corn or soybean poison. Uh, thank you, Lori. I appreciate that. And uh, to have a good one. Is uh, saying that to Rose. That's nice. Lots of appreciators out there, Rose, if you're still listening. So... Uh, yeah, nukes don't exist, Susie. That's that's true. I like that. They, their episode on that is excellent. It, it's a really, really good 
expose on that whole thing. And it leaves you feeling no fear about the nukes at all. <laughs> and that's the whole thing. That's, you know, again, if I have another hidden agenda here, it's that if people were less afraid, they would not lay on the floor and cry. They would not be in despair. They wouldn't maybe turn to substances to have to numb out from that pain. And, and they won't follow these guys. Like they're going to be the savior. And how do I feel like I know this so well is because I wanted someone to be the savior, right? We were freaked out. We were terrified. They were slinging the biggest arrows at us here in Canada. We had to fight to get into a fucking grocery store, right? Like it was, it was stupid. It was, it was a, a, an actual threat going on, like not to mention all the propaganda to support it. But then what does that do? It makes you want to go and find the person who has the answers, the answers in law, the answers in health, the answers in science, what, whatever the flavor of the day was. And so I'm madly looking for people to interview and I'm researching and I'm like, oh, this guy sounds good. And, and um, you know, so, so many people, there's, I think up, up to 280 interviews now. And about halfway through the 280, I woke up and I realized like, this is stupid. We're not going to find a hero because every single time I would reduce that person down to, uh, you know, oh yeah, no reason this shouldn't work. And have you done it? No, I haven't done it. And so all of these characters were not what they appeared to be. And it turned me back to myself. Thank you, Annie D. That's very generous for that tip on Rockfin. Totally appreciate that. Um, you know, and the hero's journey, this is this is one of the crimes of the whole controlled op is they bust the hero's journey the same way Hollywood has been doing that and making these fake movies. I mean, maybe movies are already fake, but making movies that don't actually have the hero's journey anymore. Have you noticed that? It is the most sickening thing because you're you're busting one of nature's archetypes that exists in reality, it can be found. Every story, every movie, your life is all the hero's journey, whether you're accepting it or you're refusing it. And so by busting up the hero's journey, by implanting themselves as the hero in your journey, that they're going to come to save you. And I know this has been a criticism all along when people talk about Jesus is going to come and save us and all of that kind of stuff, which I really do believe is a total psyop now. Um it, we're, we're really tasked to be the hero in our journey. And that might mean that we're showing up for other people. We're supporting them. We're helping them. We're assisting them in some way. We're helping them heal, but that doesn't make you the hero in their life because none of that stuff is going to happen if they don't do it. No one can be helped that isn't taking the help. No one can be healed that isn't themselves engaging with the healing. So that's the massive responsibility that we have. And that, that is what I feel like is my calling in this arena, why I feel passionate about it. So it's really great to have um, hosted all of you guys. I'm really happy Matt showed up. You, you had perfectly timed contributions. And um, so do join us on the 8th. Is Monday the 8th when Freeman of Freeman TV is going to be coming on at, I believe, 3.30 p.m. in the afternoon. In fact, I... I'm certain of that. And then that's the eighth. And then the following 15th, Matt Unseated is going to be on. And we're going to really blow the socks off the Canadian thing. There's so much in Canada. And I feel really grateful for all of that um, work that you've done. 
that's not my exact gem. Yeah, Holly Weird. Exactly. Everything, one big fat lie. Yeah, it's a show. It's characters on the stage and the show that was all ready for us. I swear there's more propaganda on our side than there is on the so-called, you know, normal people's side. They don't need very much. They're just like safe and effective. And then they go get an injection, right? Like it's, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty straightforward. But with us, we think a little bit, we research maybe a little bit or a lot. We're very vulnerable to the rabbit holes, right? The Tartaria and the Mandela effect and all of these things that keep my friends afraid and confused and, and sharing stuff with people that doesn't help them at all. Could this be the year where we, we, take on the status of the hero. We don't have to even take that on. We're, we are that. Just, just accept it and know it. And thank you very much, Ken. I'm glad you were here holding down the X fort over there. That's fantastic. Let's see. Is anybody, they show me who's on. They don't show me who's on. It's very, it's very strange. Oh, we got a chat and everything. Fantastic. Nice. Well, I uh, maybe have spoken everything Meltology. <laughs> nice, Justin. I like that. Put more effort into a propaganda campaign for a rebellion than a regime where both are funded by the same people or the same groups of people. There's a common interest. Exactly. Right? That's, that's the thing. We hear this stuff. We know there's not two parties or three parties in the political sphere. We know that, but then we still get sucked into it. Oh, hello, Wendy. Hoy, this is right. This is an exact subject. How can you find the replay? So um, if you, I'm going to grab a link over to Rockfin. The full replay will be there. It won't be on YouTube, as you know, because we, we, uh, oops, what's happening? Is my, uh, is my mouse dying? Can't post any of your comments. Huh. Did I get shut down? Hmm. All of a sudden I can't post. Well, I'm going to go after the fact and put a link. Weird. I can't post in my own chat now. Hmm. Strange. Did I get a hit? Oh, thank you, Matt. I appreciate that. <laughs> Happy New Year, David. Thank you, Thomas. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, Wendy, it's really simple since you're on Facebook over there. That will be the whole one. As soon as this is over, as soon as I hit the, the stop button, it will turn into the recording. So you don't have to go anywhere. You can always visit me at bethmartins.com. Totally appreciate if you visit over there and uh, sign up for a King Hero Archetype quiz. If you like, that'll keep us in touch. So if these platforms don't go on and on into the future, then we can still have a relationship together. And you can hear about the streams that I'm doing and workshops. I'm going to be in Anarchapulco in February. <clears throat> so excited really excited. The, I feel like the beautiful carpet has been laid out for me. I'm going to be talking about the um, ascension myths. This is another soapbox that I get on and how ascension as a spirituality is a path to not good. And I'm going to be talking about this specifically with regard to the king hero side of things, because again, they tend not to be the victims. They tend to be higher up the scale. And there's a whole bunch of different problems that come when you're trying to ascend in any arena, whether it's financially or in your career, or <clears throat> it's hard to ascend in your relationships, but for sure, spirituality and purpose. Thank you on, on uh, Anarchapoco. So, so excited. I'm going to be presenting main stage on the first day there and maybe two workshops I've got, uh, I've got two proposed at this moment. 
And, uh, and the fellowship, thank you. Uh, if you haven't heard of the House of Free Will, it's always a little bit in, in my background, but uh, it is a private domain ministry, for lack of a better way to say it. That's a whole rabbit hole right there. And, um, and it is by application only. So if you'd like to apply to be part of that, what I have been calling ministry, I might call it something else because that's not the, the most strategic way. Uh, I, I really have been disillusioned about the private domain in a huge way. That's another major controlled op, psyop going on. But nonetheless, I created the House of Free Will for my friends who I love very much. And uh, we have fellowship every single week where we get together and discuss a weekly video. This, this week's video was on something called the mother wound, explaining why do we fight with our brothers and sisters, especially the ones that are closest to us. So this is a big topic. I do a snippet every single week on a deep topic that people often tell me they're listening to the those videos over and over and getting something out of it. I'm much more candid in uh, that private um, forum there. It is uh, a website unto itself. It can't be found by searching and you have to apply to be a member of the House of Free Will. So just so I know that we are... Um, related enough to have you in there. I might, I might have controlled up in there. It might be infiltrated. It's not impossible because I accept people's applications on their word. And uh, you sign an agreement, becomes an honor system. And uh, what do we do with the PMAs? Oh, yeah, PMAs, you know, you can use them for all different reasons. I'll probably have to um, do a update on how what, what I see about them now because I've I've said a lot of things that I can't I can't take back and I I don't really agree with anymore. F bombs. Yep. <laughs> more F bombs. Exactly. I swear more in the private. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, that'll be nice tonight. It's going to be at uh, 6 p.m. Central time and we're going to meet. Uh, there's probably not enough time to apply and and uh, accept the agreement. It is a two-part process just so you know a lot of people apply and then they think they're in and they're not in. So there's a second step where I send an agreement. My assistant helps me do that. So you've got to watch your email and you can see all of that at bethmartins.com or freewillministry.live. So that's a lot. Um, I think I'll leave it at that for now. I might be going to Texas. I just heard Alex, uh, Alex Zek, if you're familiar with him, I think I talked about, or I did talk about him earlier, invited me for an interview May 22nd. And then he said, could I come to Texas to do it? And I was like, yes, I can. <laughs> yes, yes. We were looking for an excuse to go to Texas. And, uh, and then towards the end of this month, I'm going to be, I'm going to be traveling to Louisiana to meet both Rose and uh, Jason Lindgren in um, there. So we got a few, few trips planned and maybe we're going to like pick our bodies up and move that direction. Cause is that South? Yep. That's South that way. It's, uh, it's better over there. It just seems better. You guys. All right, my dears, you give no fucks about the fucks you throw out there. <laughs> Funny. Well, I, uh, as usual, love you guys. Thanks for coming over to Rockfin. Thanks again, Annie D for the, the tip over there. That's very, very generous of you. And I look forward to seeing all of you on Monday. Uh, we're also doing a workshop, by the way, in the House of Free Will on forgiveness. Lori Appleby is going to be giving that. I'm waiting to get some information. We'll be getting more uh, details. Oh, there she pops up in the chat. That's hilarious. Uh, the topic is on forgiveness because this is very big. When it comes to the wounds and the traumas that we carry around, forgiveness is part of it, but it's maybe not what you think. You can't just take forgiveness and spread it on top of a whole bunch of unhealed stuff. It's not going to work. And then that just creates denial and more suppression and not actual healing. So Lori has her, 
her uh, fingers on the pulse of actually forgiving. And it's really beautiful. So we're going to be doing that workshop on the 8th as well. So that's going to be before the interview with Freeman. And if I go to Texas, definitely visit Robert Phoenix. Well, I just found out he was there. Yeah, exactly, Thomas. Exactly. So good. All the all the roads lead to Texas or Louisiana. I don't know. Somewhere, somewhere really far. That's as far as you can go without going to Mexico. All right, my my uh, dears. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. Look forward to seeing you soon. And uh, and yes, peace out. Thanks for joining. Lots of love for now. If you'd like to be there for that. Uh, well, uh, if you if you apply right now, Marlene then uh, I will watch for that and I'll send you the link to accept the agreement. And my apologies, it's four pages. Probably doesn't need to be in the end. And let us know how Cajun countries goes. Yeah, looking, to, looking forward to eating a lot there. <laughs> okay, everybody have a beautiful rest of your day. Lots of love for now. And we'll see you on the other side. Bye. Thank you, Justin.